Can we erase our history? Is it as easy as this? Plausible deniability I swear I've never heard of it And I can close the door on us But the room still exists And I know you're in it Hours of phrases I've memorized Thousands of lines on the page All of my notes in a desolate pile I haven't touched in it Five years, Kiwi indie rock band The Beths have rocketed from playing Cairo's Whammy Bar 
to international success. An NPR Tiny Desk concert, a stint touring with The National, and the acquisition of a new fan, former US President Barack Obama, who also, along with the Beths watching the credits, put Eleanor Catton's new novel, Burnham Wood, on his summer list, by the way. The band is also among this year's finalists in the APRA Silver Scroll Awards for their 22-album Expert in a Dying Field. You just heard the title track. Lead guitarist and founding member John Pierce is appearing at this weekend's Going Global Summit, along with singer-songwriter Liz Stokes, uh, talking about exporting New Zealand music to the world. And John Pierce is with me now. Kia ora, John. Kia ora, Kim. I love that song. So do I. It's such a joy to play it. Um, you know, we put it last in our set, and um, it's, yeah, it, it, it's delighted us all around the world. Also, it's so clever, right? You know, the memories of a, a relationship that's over is like having no- <laughs> is having knowledge of a now completely irrelevant academic discipline. We can all relate to that. Yeah. Oh, the, it's like one of the greatest tricks in songwriting when you can take an idea and put it into words and melodies that people have never heard before, but resonates so strongly. The idea is so clear. It really is a stroke of genius from Liz. Stroke of genius. So all you need to do for international success is be brilliant, essentially, John. That's a quick speech you've got there. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you need to um, you need to do something that you believe in enough that um, when you're asked to do it over and over again on the really hard days, it gives back to you rather than um, becoming a hard thing to do. So that's that's my measure of whether you've um, whether you've struck that genius or not. I was reading an interview with Liz Stokes, actually, and she said that sometimes you play the game when you're on long tours on the bus and you listen to songs. It's called Baker Dozen. Do you Are you with me on this? You listen to the same oh, yeah. song 13 times in a row. Yes. Now, yes, that, you have to be sensitive, yes, yeah. but you, it can be done. But why? <laughs> Um, well, partly as like a, you know, psychological experiment or something, you take yourself on the journey of, um, liking the song and then being worn down and hating it after about seven or eight listens, you can't bear to listen to it again, but hopefully it pulls you out onto the other side. You notice all of the details that you've never noticed before. It's shocking how often on listen number 10 or 11, you notice in an entire instrumental part or a lyric or something that you haven't heard all of those other times. And um, by the end of it, the, the goal of the, the, um, of the endeavour is that everyone sings along on the last time through uh, in full voice as, as much as you've gathered uh, the lyrics up to that point. Um, sometimes I can't bring myself to do that, and I guess that... Uh, the song or or myself are a failure. But you lose. Other time, you love it. But I wondered whether that was good practice for going on tour and playing your same song night after night. <laughs> you have to. I mean, it's a sign of a good song, as you say. But you have to stay interested, right? You have to keep listening more deeply. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the uh, exercise of playing the same thing on stage night after night is really like a um, an exercise in discovering the, all of the things that happen around the music of that song, all of the things that happen in the audience when you perform it in a certain way. If you articulate that word just perfectly, you really feel like you've communicated the emotion of that. If you... Um, perform the backing vocal into the microphone and then take three or four steps back into the deeper back part of the stage and you do it in unison with two or three other musicians on stage and you kind of, all the lights happen all at once as well. And it's not, it's it's kind of a game of getting everything right in, in, in like a sort of almost professional sports person kind of sense, but it's also observing and getting the energy back from all of the tiny little things that happen around the music. Uh, I don't really find that it um, it exhausts my uh, my interest and my attention. No. You didn't do the Australian thing first, did you, the Baths? No. How come? <laughs> um, Everybody does that. Well, yeah, no, Australia's really hard. I kind of coach people to um, consider uh, consider not doing it at all, Um from New Zealand, uh, there's a there's a few things. It's, um, Australia is uh, it, it is a uniquely hard market for New Zealand musicians because they have such a strong domestic market. And I think, while this might sound um, like I'm complaining, I feel like the same thing is probably true in reverse. And that's one of the reasons why we don't see an enormous number of Australian artists flooding our charts and venues. But w- they have a very strong local music uh, environment. They love watching live music and they really support their local artists, even small ones and small venues. And so if you're a New Zealander, you're, you're, you, you have a low profile in Australia. You go over there, uh, you try to play the same venues, but you're not a local Australian artist and you don't have that guaranteed in-worked kind of uh, support base so who are you actually competing against? You're competing against American and British artists that have come to Australia. Probably it's one of their last stops on a world tour. They're deep into an album cycle. They might be three albums in before they actually make it down to the Antipodes. Uh, they've got a much bigger profile. They've probably got better label support. They probably honestly have a more interesting story than you because they've just lived more life as an artist than you have. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the people that are trying to play in the same venues that you are. You're uniquely disadvantaged as a New Zealander. And I just think it's um, it's way too hard. I think um, also, uh, also it ties into the other thing that I l- like to ask people, which is what are your, what are your dreams? You know, what, what are your goals? Australia is a really hard touring market. The cities are a long way away from each other. The interstitial shows in the smaller places, you have to you have to really develop a grassroots Australian following. An international following isn't enough to play a really great show in Byron Bay, for instance. You know, you have to nurture Australia as a market in order to reach those people. And um, if you do, maybe you can do a driving tour of Australia and it's two or three weeks long. But more than likely, you're going to do a cities tour. You're going to fly every day. 
they have a pub culture that ties into their live music culture. So gigs tend to be driven by alcohol and finish late. So you'll get into the hotel at 2, 2, 2 a.m. in the morning. You'll have to be back in the lobby at 4.30 or 5 a.m. in order to drive to the airport to fly to the next city. And yeah, I don't know. Is Got that the, the lifestyle you want? Yeah. Australians are drunken. It's sparsely populated. End of. <laughs> well, you're just back well, from the, yeah. you're just back from the United States. You toured with the National. Um, what's next for you? Going back there? Yeah, we're going back. Uh, we ha- so we have a month or so off after three months on the road, which is nice. And then we're back in the states. Um, we're doing another opening. Uh, opening tour. We're opening for Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service. So some pretty big artists from the mid 2000s that were really really big artists for us and it's a real dream those are big rooms and they're fully sold out you know the hollywood bowl the greek theater uh in um in berkeley uh yeah some really spectacular shows that will be really special excited for you thanks yeah and we're taking on some some of our own shows we we play good shows you know um well, if you tell Barack Obama yeah. that you're even better live, then maybe you'll get him along. Oh, what would it mean to have Barack Obama along? We've had celebrities at events before, and you know, you you find uh, back backstage entrances for them and places where they can um, view the concert and enjoy it. Yeah, uh, they're without... just trouble. No, I get it. John Pierce of the Beths. <laughs> 